Hey, hey, come catch this wave with the fix squad. The fix is in. I'm Mr. Soul. I'm tuning in. What you doing? Got him. Real hip hop revealed that a fix. Pure, you can feel it in the mix. Finally, stop pushing the culture forward. This is it. Proceed at your own risk. Got him. Beats, bars, and life. Giving them truth in it. Screaming revolution when only a few minutes. My sentiments exactly everything that we do cut. Another reason to turn the volume up. Sheesh. Know what we said, doing. Solid ground when we land. Say it's no use. The culture was out of hand. But now that I reach, we gotta stick to the plan. Dark days with the sunshine. Any good news, I'm proof that it's living. Yeah. Revolving the art to shock. Oh, with it. Keeping the beans on the block. Don't miss it. Welcome to the city. Stand up. James left, but the king still reigns here. No tears, no love lost, no rain here. Delivers, I promise, Santa reindeer. Love, love for the city still resides here. Fix for your ailment, faith that resides outside the lines. Detox your mind, cause it matters. Art, art outside the box, we paint better. The fix is in, and we rock a channel. We rock with them for what's deep within. Expose those who talk but don't live. Expose those who talk but don't live. Take offense, take offense. Judge by the fruit from the tree. But if the fruit tastes like the streets, and money is the fruit that they speak, so tell me whose face do they see? Repeat. Take offense, take offense. Judge by the fruit from the tree. But if the fruit tastes like the streets, and money is the fruit that they seek, so tell me whose face do they seek? Yes, sir. You're now tuned into The Fix, your source for faith-infused hip-hop, R&B, and poetry, right here on Sirius XM, Channel 154, Holy Culture Radio. It's your boy, DJ Focus, checking in. And it's your girl, Dice Gamble, checking in. Wake up, wake up, y'all. You already know what time it is. What we got going on today, Focus? We just tiptoeing through the week. That's all. We just going to tiptoe through the week. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We are so grateful yeah. that we get the opportunity to come back on these airwaves one more again, Dice. Uh, we got a lot going on today. Let's be very clear. Uh, we, we got a hot show for y'all again. Y'all might as well tweet somebody now <laughs> because... When I tell you the gems that are going to be dropped today, you're going to want to tell somebody about them. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are blessed to have, uh, you know, going to get in a conversation today. Get our brother, Pastor Tommy, a.k.a. Pastor Urban D on the line. You might know him from uh, the Crossover Church. Uh, you might know him from Flavor Fest. Or mm-hmm. you might just know him from just being <laughs> a, a lyrical rhyme spitter for mm-hmm. probably the last 20 years in Christian hip-hop. Let's be very clear. Mm-hmm. Urban D has been around a long time. Um, he has done music with all the, a lot of the, you know, Pioneer Grace Cross Movement and Petty D and uh, listen, the list goes on and on. He, he's done music with a little bit of everybody. So, yeah, excited to get him on to talk about Flavor Fest. Uh, he took Flavor Fest on tour this year. Usually mm-hmm. it's just at the Crossover Church every year, but uh, he was able to uh, get some, uh, you know, some partnerships with some ministries and mm-hmm. some people wanted to bring Flavor Fest to their city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm praying we can bring it to Cleveland next year. I told him, I say, uh, when I reached out to him, I said, man, listen, we got to bring Flavor Fest to Cleveland in 2024, if God mm-hmm. says so. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited to have that conversation with him. And uh, this real talk conversation, Dice, listen, you've been wanting to talk about this for a minute. So we're going to. Me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been wanting to talk about so this for good. a minute. So good. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, what? it's just fashion, you know, like, what does that look like? Uh, what are we doing? And, and when does it matter? And when are we doing too much? I'm just saying, you know, it's a thing. Fashion is a whole vibe, you know, psychologically. And uh, it's a status uh, symbol. But um, how are we kind of using that? You know, what does that look like? And when is too much? Too much. That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. I know Uncle Kurt went to uh, Instagram yesterday. He's Uh been uh, going and uh, saying uh, some things on uh, what the culture of, uh, you know, the church and the believers should be saying and what they shouldn't be doing. Uh Uh, He talked about the uh, cancel culture. Mm. uh, Should uh, Christians even be involved with anything of such? Mm. Yeah, no, we shouldn't. I think we already know we should not. I mean, my grandmother used to say, listen, you ain't got a heaven or hell to put me in. What are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? You don't. It's between me and God right now. So, I, I mean, biblically, we already know we don't get to judge people like that. I mean, we can have righteous judgment and things like that concerning situations. But the ultimate the ultimate judge is not us, even though we want to be, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and it's hard not to try to judge you know like if i can just be honest like you want to judge things and judge people and critique all the time but yeah cancel culture where you shut everything down forever because a person has one public mistake that's evil absolutely absolutely evil because the world don't get to see your mistakes you know things you do at your house or in your car or when you at work 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's 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 very dangerous when you have people gang up on one person and then shut them down for one thing. And you don't even know if it's true. That's the sad part. You just it's hearsay. That's good. Yeah, That's so, good. Yeah, you gotta be careful. Yeah, definitely go to uh, Kirk Franklin's uh, social media pages. Uh, he's been uh, posting stuff since yesterday, so yeah. uh, to keep up to date with uh, his opinions on uh, cancel culture. Mm. Um, I do want to bring up, before we, we get into this hot show, I love that you talked about, you know, you don't have a heaven or hell to put anybody in. Don't. And we talk about judgment all the time on this show. You know, mm-hmm. judgment versus accountability. I really believe that, you know, absolutely, you should not be judgmental if you don't have a direct relationship with that person, that individual, mm-hmm. you know, because because you don't know where they're at, you know, and yeah. then you don't have room to suggest because that's all you can do is suggest mm-hmm. a different way for that person to do something different. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's all we can do is suggest, especially with adults. That's all you can yeah. do is suggest. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I, and here's the thing. I, I think we forget this and I, I'll be real with you. We've been very clear to tell our, our four uh, kids who are between the ages of 18 and 22, like you're going to screw screw your 20s all up you're gonna trash them you know you're gonna walk out of your 20s limping trust me Mm. that's just what it is because you're you're fighting everything you learned for the first 18 years and then you're trying to find your identity for those next 10 you're gonna be you're gonna be pushing really hard you know from 20 to 30 trying to get it on your own and then you're gonna learn half of what we taught you is right and then half of what we taught you was just our experience and so you're gonna be trying to figure that thing out and so yeah, we, we need to learn not to judge people while they're walking through. And remember, like, where were you when you were 20? What was your thought process at 22? What were you really doing? And who were you trying to go holler at at 22? You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's easy to forget when you're 40. You know, it's like, oh, y'all should just have your life together. It's like, no, nah, I need you to flash back to when they was 20. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, they're out of control. And, and it's going to be okay, but you got to let them process and walk through their journey. Like, because everybody learns differently. Some people learn by being in the fire. Some people learn by you telling, you know, you just saying, hey, the fire's hot. But everybody's different. So you can't really like start judging people and then just cancel them. Like, no, nah, maybe it takes five times for them to learn not to do that. And that's okay. But we got to learn, know that God is with everybody in this life. Like it is our personal journey walking with the Lord. So we got to give people grace the same way God has given us grace. Absolutely. Once again, you tune into the fix. And of course, our mission is to expose the culture to positive but relevant music. That keeps Jesus Christ at the center of the message. So we're going to get to these bangers and we're coming back with a hot show. We got music on the way. Yes, that new Wande and Doe. Mm-hmm. We, we got new uh, No Big Deal on the way as well. But right now, stop playing our sis, Angie Rose, with that new Lifeline. Keep it locked. You tune into the fix. And the fix is in. New videos, music, articles, devos, and more. Stay connected. Get the app now so you don't miss a thing. Visit holyculture.net. Welcome back. Welcome back. DJ Focus. Dice Gamble. You tap back into the fix right here on Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM Channel 154. You know what time it is. Uh, Listen, I promise you guys, y'all got us exclusive today. Um, You know, when we talk about, you know, CHH and some of the legends, I promise you, uh, this uh, pastor, author, uh, hip hop artist, he he always comes up in the conversation from just being one of the pioneers, but doing something different in Christian hip hop, not only with his artistry, but also bringing artists together. We talk about unity all the time at CHH, and I, I, I promise you, I think this is something that he uh, he constantly challenges unity, but he also wants to educate artists, producers, and anybody in this field, as well as pastors and everybody on uh, getting better and growing better uh, when we talk about the ministry side of it. So without further ado, help me welcome in the senior pastor of Crossover Church, uh, super talented, like I say, legend is CHH, Urban D, a.k.a. Pastor Tommy. What's going on, bro? What's up? What's up, DJ Focus? How you feeling, man? It is good to be on here with you, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm feeling good, and I appreciate you taking some time out. Um, you're doing so many powerful things and have been doing it for years. So this is nothing new, but I think a lot of our listeners need to hear you who, who may have not known you and known the impact you've had on CHH, like I say, for a long time. So, you know, wow, we got a lot to talk about Flavor Fest. We got to talk about music, <laughs> yeah. but let's let's talk about it for someone who does not know Pastor Tommy. Catch us up on the backstory of your faith story, how you developed your own personal relationship with Christ and even got into pastoring. Yeah. Well, I originally grew up in Philly, so I grew up around hip hop, loved it. But I also grew up as the pastor's kid, PK. So one foot in the church, one foot in the streets. And as I became a teenager, 
you know, kind of strayed away uh, from my roots and my faith for a little while there. Had my little rebellious season. But uh, God kept his hand on me, brought me back. And uh, when I was 18, going on 19, that's when I felt like God really put a call in my life to do urban ministry and uh, also use my music. I was into hip hop. I was rapping, but I was ready to let it all down. And God was like, nah, you, you can use this to reach people that are like you. So when I felt that, you know, green light from God, um, I, I started when I was in college, I started, you know, writing songs and performing at different events and different outreach events. And I uh, started a little group called the Urban Disciples. <laughs> and so then when I graduated from, from Bible college, I took the name and I was just Urban Disciple. And then eventually that got shortened to, to Urban D. And I ended up graduating from school down in Florida, but thought, you know, I met my wife. She's from New York City. And we both thought we were going to go back up, you know, to to the, the northeast, to the north. We, you know, Florida was cool, but we're like, nah, we ain't staying here. But God had other plans and he led us to Tampa and to this little church plant that never had a youth ministry before. They're only a couple years old, crossover church. And so 1996, we went to Tampa and started the youth ministry at Crossover with plans to do that forever and ever. But again, God had different plans and, you know, started the youth ministry and was started doing my music regularly, started putting out some independent albums and then eventually got signed. And then I got pushed into being the pastor uh, in 2002. And so that's just kind of some of the early years and Flavor Fest kind of launched right around that time, actually in the year 2000. And the reason it launched was because we had so many people that were hitting us up and they were asking us like all this questions and advice, like we were the experts because uh, on my, so we we're on video here too. I know most of you are listening to this audio, but back here on the wall, you can see that album right there. Uh, that third one, the blue one, that was the missing element. And that was a uh, when I got signed to 7th Street Records. And so that was a national record that came out inside of the CD case, uh, the jacket. I had a picture with me and my youth group behind me, a couple hundred teenagers. And a little paragraph talking about how we were using hip hop and concerts and breakdancing classes, MC classes and basketball leagues. And we were using music and sports. So suddenly that's when we started to get all these phone calls and emails and visits, literal visits. People were visiting us from around the world because everybody comes to Florida on vacation. So they were like, yo, we're going to stop at Urban D's church while we're there. And um, and so soon we were just like, man, you know what? We should put an event on where we can train people because one phone call, one email, one visit doesn't really give them what they need. And so we decided to put on this weekend with workshops and we did an outreach and we did concerts, you know, to show them how to do a, a, a Christian hip hop concert in excellence with good sound, good lighting, a good host, a live DJ, like authentically hip hop, but authentically Christian and uh, that's how Flavor Fest was launched. And that was in November of the year 2000. Wow. Listen, it, it's been every year. It's been impacting thousands. And I know that for a fact because everybody already rats and rave about it. Listen, I, I got to ask you. I'm definitely going to get the, uh, a question for the Flavor Fest question. But I got to ask. So I understand. Absolutely. You grew up as a PK. But when was that moment you knew? that you were going to be called to really, you know, like I say, do something different because everybody, you know, who's a PK doesn't mean that automatically it's going to take on, okay, my parents were pastors. I don't mean I want to be a pastor. When did you know and and accept a call? Because I feel like it needs to be a call to accept it. So when did you accept it? Yeah, I definitely didn't want to take up the family business. (laughs) Not at all. I was trying to run from it, bro. But uh, I was in a chapel service because I was going to Christian college my first year right outside of Philly. Valley Forge uh, University is what it's called now. Valley Forge Christian College then. And uh, I was sitting was in that, chapel. Was, was, that, was that somewhere you wanted to go or did your parents send you to that college? So I, I just kind of submitted to the Lord because he didn't let me sleep for a couple nights. And was like, you know, I felt like he was like, go to Bible college the first year. Give me one year and then you can do what you want. And there we go. And I was fighting it. And finally, I'm like, all right. So honestly, man, first semester, I was wilding out because I wasn't under my parents' umbrella. Of Like I was sneaking out. I had I was messing around with different girls. I was 
I was cheating on tests in, in, in school, not Bible tests though, on all the tests except Bible. Uh, I, I was just, I was with the raw, there's a wrong crowd at Bible college. There is, you know, especially in the, you know, the freshmen's right. And so, uh, but second semester, um, I'm sitting in a chapel service because we had to go to chapel several times a week. It's a Monday morning. I had been down in Philly on the weekend with a lot of my friends that were not believers, were not going to the college. I would go down there and hang out, stay at their houses on the weekends. And we went to the club and we were just we were just doing stupid stuff. And so there I was on that Monday morning and the Holy Spirit really spoke to me. I'm watching everybody. I'm sitting down because I'm tired. I snuck in like at three in the morning um, and everybody else is like standing up. They're worshiping hands in the air. And I felt like the Lord was saying to me, like, what are you doing here? Look at all these other people like they're worshiping me. They're seeking me. They're following the calling and the path that I have for their life. And look at you. You're, you're just why don't you just quit and go hang out with your friends and get a job or submit to me. And I, I'm going to show you what's next. And I have something special for you. I felt like the Lord was really telling me that. So uh, I was crying. I, I was I was afraid. <laughs> like, I don't want to miss what God has for my life, you know, because um, I knew I'd be miserable. And, and I knew God was real. But I had just been trying to taste the world and do my own thing. I was running from my calling. So I submitted to the Lord. And that's when I felt like at that moment. And briefly after that, uh, God began to put some people in my life that I started to get involved in doing some ministry with the school and uh, at my friend's youth ministry um, and also uh, at a homeless ministry in downtown Philly. And so between those two things, as I started to serve, God started to really do something inside of me and show me like, this is what I want you to do. And it became evident and clear, but it, but that it also was going to look very different than my parents' ministry. And not that anything was wrong with their ministry, but it was a different kind of uh, armor. Like it would be trying to, you know, like they tried to put on David, Saul's armor and it just didn't fit right. Mm. You know, and, and I, I couldn't I couldn't rock the suits and ties that my dad rocked. I was going to rock fitteds and snapbacks and my Jordans and and I was going to be be me. And the Lord was giving me the green light to do that and to use hip hop and just my story and my background. And so, yeah, so that was uh, that was 1992. Wow. Speak to some of those challenges. I love the fact that you said, you know, God is calling you to do something different. You had to be authentically you, you know, yeah. unlike, you know, what your dad was doing. Speak to uh, street ministry, because I think a lot of people don't understand it's different. The, the people that I know probably come to your church and that connect with you are, listen, dope boys, you know, people steal on drugs, prostitutes, whatever it is. And I know that has to be taxing at times. So just speak to that dynamic of being a pastor, being able yeah. to build relationships with, you know, new people, you know, new members as they come and being able to disciple them and meet them where they're at, because that's that's the real reality they're still struggling where they're at so how do you how do you balance meeting them where they're at but still holding them accountable yeah and our, and our church is super diverse especially now as i've been doing it now for over 20 years so we've raised up a lot of uh disciples over the years and and we're multi-ethnic multi-generational multi-class and so you know we have a little bit of everything at our church it looks like our city you'll have some people walking in like you know, last year, the biggest drug deal in the neighborhood was at church, you know, coming to church. He was, he was here. There's regularly been, you know, homeless people walking in, people that are strippers, people that are prostitutes. Like we have all that. Then we also have like successful business owners and we have families and we have like everything in between. Like we, we have Bentleys in the parking lot sometimes and bicycles. Like some people rode in their Bentley. Some people rode their bike to church or walked and you have everything in between. So, you know, I think the biggest part for us is not the not the multi-ethnic or the multi-generational, but it's it's the multi-class part uh, because you have people sitting next to each other that are from two different worlds. You got a CEO and then you got somebody that just got out of jail or, or a CEO and somebody that is working a $12 an hour job, barely getting by with uh, baby mama drama and all that kind of stuff. And so they can vibe on a Sunday to the music and the sermon and, and, and they might even be dressed similarly, but 
their educational experience, their life experience, their economic experience is totally in two different worlds. Even though they might be sitting next to each other and be the same ethnic background and look similar, but they're in two different worlds. So that's the part of trying to disciple people and meet them where they are. And we have people in a lot of different places. But the dope thing is, is a lot of those people that come in that might be really like struggling and going through it. They can look and see somebody that looks like them that's killing it and doing it in a legal way and has a healthy marriage and is winning and, and having the kind of life that they want to have. But they're following Jesus and they're following biblical principles. And so there's a lot of great organic um, mentorship that happens, accountability and a, a lot of great mixing that happens in this environment that we create intentionally that doesn't get to happen in a lot of other spaces and culture. It just really doesn't because, you know, people don't mix together when they're from different economic backgrounds. Um, Facts. Ethnically. Yeah. There, there's, there's, there's a lot of mixing that happens in a lot of places. Um, but when you see that, that multi-class thing happening, man, it's, it's really dope. So we launched uh, also an entrepreneur ministry. We got a lot of entrepreneurs now and a lot of people that are aspiring to be entrepreneurs. We, we live in a gig economy now. And, you know, a lot of people in the urban culture, we got that hustle in us. We're always trying to get a side hustle and, and make ends meet. And, you know, we're creative, we're crafty. I mean, I've always had multiple jobs, right? Growing up in Philly because my parents didn't have a lot of money. And so I had to figure it out if I wanted to get some Jordans or if I wanted to go somewhere, if I wanted to go out to eat, I had to pay for it myself. So, but um, it's it's I think it's a special moment right now. The church can step in and be the hub for entrepreneurs, for resources, for mentorship, for networking and for funding. Man, I, I think that in this next season, that could really that could really be amazing for churches for that could be outreach. And it could also be discipleship as people are being mentored on business stuff, but all the biblical stuff is is mixed in with that so we have an entrepreneur ministry with well over 100 entrepreneurs that are a part of it and there's wow. some really special stuff happening it's dope yeah that's super dope thanks for sharing that listen dj focus uh, you tapped into the fix your source of faith infused hip-hop r&b and poetry we got to go to a quick break we're coming right back don't touch that dial we got pastor tommy in the building with us keep it locked you're tuned into the fix you know the fix is in Welcome back, DJ Focus, Dice Gamble. You're tapping into the fix right here on Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM Channel 154. We still got uh, Pastor Tommy, a.k.a. Urban D, on the line with us. So let's talk about it, man. You've been around a long time, Pastor. Um, and yeah. let's be very clear, grew up grew up in Philly. Um, let's, let's go back and let's catch up on the music. You know, yeah. talk about CHH when, it, when you first got connected to it and you first, you know, fell in love with it to where we are now. What do you think we are as, a, you know, a culture, the state of uh, Christian hip-hop? Yeah, well, I first got connected um, in the early 90s and met the guys from the Cross Movement. Uh, my best friend went to high school with one of the members of the Cross Movement. So I got to meet those guys before they even were the Cross Movement. And they really were kind of like the leaders in the Philly area as things started to bubble in the mid to late 90s. And it just brought, you know, this kind of magnet for all these artists that were bubbling in Philly. And then, of course, I moved to Tampa like 96 and Tampa also then became a spot as we launched Flavor Fest and a lot of artists were coming to my church and and just there was events that were happening in Tampa. So Philly and Tampa for a big season there were two places that a lot was going on in the early season of CHH. Now, I will say this. I think like 90s was really what CHH was like testimony rap. You had to have a testimony. You had gospel gangsters. You had T-Bone. You had, you know, P.I.D. You had, you know all these groups and a lot of their music was very testimony centric which was great there's there's a place for that and cross movement started to pop in late 90s and then they kind of rocked it till about 2007 2008 that's around the time they kind of passed the baton and retired but they took it into a very theological christ-centric rap and so they they were like on the top so whoever's on the top everybody always tries to imitate them right and so then, you you know, the, the baton was passed to Lecrae because he was on cross movement records and then started bubbling and then even getting bigger than them as they were, you know, winding down and retiring as a group. Right. 
And then so he just kind of stayed in that lane of very Christ-centric, theological, but it started to lean even a little bit more towards Reformed theology. Mm -hmm. And it got very heavy on that for a couple of years. And everybody, man, if you weren't like a Reformed rapper, you were kind of on the outs, right? And so Flavor Fest, we would always try to bring everybody together. And there was some division in the season there. Actually, in Flavor Fest 2011, we called uh, our theme was Unite. Like, no, let's come on. Let's let's focus on the essentials and the things we have in common. Right. And uh, and then in like 2012, Church Close, uh, the first volume came out and Lecrae suddenly was like, hey, I got this calling to do outreach and I want to make this music that also reaches the culture and the streets. And and it really began to take off. And then, you know, the masses then try to always imitate the formula of who's on the top. And then everybody started to move in that direction, you know, for a season there. You know, a lot of people didn't even want to claim CHH or call themselves that. And there was mm -hmm. a, a lot less um, spiritual content or mention of Jesus in a lot of, you know, uh, music. And then, you know, you get the late teens around 2020. Things started to shift back a little bit. And, you know, the pandemic then obviously happened. And I think you almost have like two lanes now. You have a group that's still kind of in that lane, which you've always had some people in that lane that they're like, I just want to be a rapper. I'm a Christian, but I don't want to be a Christian rapper, you know, and you've got a group that's over there doing their thing. But I do think that the lane of people claiming CHH and putting more content of Christ in the music, there's been a little bit of a resurgence of that in the last couple of years. And I've been encouraged to see a lot of the younger artists that are taking that baton, like guys like Miles Minnick, who's doing um, Glowfest, was, was Glowchella, Glowfest, and he's doing an altar call, and he's about souls, and you see some young brothers like that. Of course, you see what God Over Money is doing, and they're just very, like, upfront uh, with the message. And there's a lot of indies out there that are also, like a Miles Minnick, that's also very much on, on the message. Um, you know, Reach Records, still one of the biggest ones, and even a lot of their content um, has been more CHH focused, you know, mm -hmm. Ray just did church clothes volume four came on a tour was right here. We were hanging out right here in, in my office. And even Lecrae that night, like he, he ministered for a minute and preached and shared the gospel. And, and he's doing shows in churches, which for a season, they weren't, they were always in secular venues and they would, you know, share some stuff, but it wasn't, it wasn't that, like strong ministry presentation like they had you know earlier on and it seems like some things are the pendulum is coming back a little bit more um to be more balanced and so i'm encouraged i'm encouraged to see what's happening in chh is definitely not dead uh you know dayton <laughs> dayton be talking about that CH, you know christian hip-hop's not dead uh, shout out to him but there's some there's some good stuff happening and uh i'm encouraged and there's a lot of churches being planted there's a lot of ministries that are you know using christian hip-hop and using the arts to communicate with people and and the generations that are younger and that's that's super important are you surprised that so many churches are still not embracing christian hip-hop because I hear what you're saying. There are a lot of churches that are, but there are a lot of churches that are not. And and it's it's mind blowing to me because we know hip hop itself is the number one genre of music, period. Let's be very clear. Yeah. You can't go to a sports event. You can't watch a movie anymore. It's synced everywhere. So why is it that the church is not embracing artists who are believers who are trying to to your point spread the gospel trying to give everybody I, I ain't even just putting on kids no more it's even for grown adults too as well because yeah these same grown adults say it's only for kids and still listen to jay-z nas lil wayne and everybody else so no no anybody who loves hip-hop now can appreciate an artist in christian hip-hop why do you think the church is still kind of like keeping it on the side the back burner like we we only want to see gospel artists kirk franklin and mary mary come to yeah man i it, it baffles my mind because hip hop is turning 50 years old this year. Facts. So it's not it's not even the music of the, the youth anymore. It's not. I mean, the youth are listening to it, but adults in their 50s and 60s grew up on hip hop. Now, I got a lot of New Yorkers in my church because everybody from New York is moving to Florida. And, you know, even a lot of the hip hop artists that have been around for a minute are in their 50s and 60s now. And so hip hop's gonna be 50 this year, this, this summer. It's, so it's crazy. 
that the church hasn't woken up and seen the, the relevance of it. And uh, I understand that some of it's preference and some people have been kind of in a sheltered environment, maybe uh, that might even be my age, you know, and they just didn't they weren't they didn't listen to it or whatever. Um, but, you know, the majority of those churches that are pushing it to the side are run by older people that have older preferences. And a lot of those churches are struggling to reach anybody 40, 45 years old and younger. And I talked to a lot of those pastors and they're like, there's a lot of churches in the urban community that are that are dying. And the pandemic made it even worse because a lot of those people stopped coming to church and some of them were older and maybe passed away. And I know some churches, even in my city, that they were on the decline before the pandemic, but now they're really hurting. And so, you know, they, they've, you've got to be open to, to new methods. Methods are always going to change. The message is not going to change. We're not going to compromise that. But we always have to be open to evolve in the way that we present Jesus to people in, in ways that are relevant, that's going to speak to them. So music and the arts are, are huge ways that can do that. And obviously hip hop being number one consumed music uh, in, in America, even bigger than rock music, it passed it up in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last three years, you know the stats, bro. This is what you do. Absolutely. Um, it's crazy. It, it is pop music now, meaning popular music. It is the yeah. music that drives our culture. Like you said, commercials, sporting events, everywhere you look, it's it's in your face. So, so why wouldn't the kingdom of God be also using this? Not that we're trying to imitate the world. We're trying to create original content. And there's great CHH artists out there that are super talented i would i would even argue that many of them are way more talented than the worldly ones uh they just don't have the exposure because they're not you know spitting the same type of content that they are no i agree um talk about the flavor fest you you know you you touring this year pretty much with it talk about the importance of taking it on the road and and getting into other cities and let people know what you've been doing for years yeah, man. So for years, DJ Focus, people were always asking us, yo, can you bring Flavor Fest to our city? And we was like, ah, nah, we just barely getting it done here. We were running the church. We got a lot going on, you know, like this is a lot of work. And so, but at the end of 2022, when we just did Flavor Fest and we were having our debrief meeting with our team, and we just know the state of the church right now coming out of the pandemic. So many churches are struggling. They're not back to where they were pre-pandemic in attendance, in in leaders and giving and just all the different areas. A lot of leaders are just discouraged. They're tired. A lot of people are tapping out. And uh, especially a lot of urban churches are, are struggling. And we, with inflation, we're like, we know everybody's not even able to afford to come to Tampa. You got to get a plane ticket to get here for a lot of people. You got to get a hotel. You know, we keep everything very affordable with the conference. It's still there's there's some expenses involved and everyone's not going to get to Tampa. And so we just prayed about it. And we said, you know what? For the first time ever, I think we need to take this on the road because leaders need encouragement right now. They need new ideas. They need fresh innovation. They need fellowship. They need to just get together and have some fun because a lot of people in, in a lot of places haven't even gotten together, went to a conference since pre-pandemic. And so in the urban ministry space, nobody that was doing training it has done anything since the pandemic. There's only been a few people that were doing stuff anyways. And so we just felt like the mantle, the responsibility for us to step up and step out on faith. And our church is thriving right now. We, we've we've done very well during the pandemic and coming out of it now, um, we actually have more people attending in person than we did three years ago before the pandemic started. And uh, I mean, just on every metric, we're in a better place because we've implemented a lot of innovative things and things that we've learned. Our team has worked really hard the last couple of years. And that's some of the stuff we want to share with other leaders to let them know, like, yo, it is possible to grow uh, your church. And even in this season right now, people are hurting. People are looking for answers. And so uh, if you can learn, you know, some of the stuff that that we've learned in doing and from other ministries as well, that's why we feel we wanted to take this on the road to, to reach over a thousand leaders this year. So we went to New York. Um, in April, we were in uh, Los Angeles in May. We're going to be in the city of Atlanta Saturday, the 10th of June. And we will be in Houston, Texas, July 15th. And then we'll be back in Tampa the first weekend of November, the 2nd through the 4th. We pushed it back uh, a month to make it a little bit later, 
away from hurricane season in Florida. Uh, that messed us up the last a, a couple of times in the last few years. So, so we're super excited about it. We're looking to train. We're going to train over a thousand leaders this year. We believe that the Flavor Fest in Tampa this fall will probably be the biggest one we've ever had. Wow. Well, prayerfully, uh, we can get Cleveland, Ohio on that list next year. Uh, you can come through my city. So we'll definitely talk to see if we can make that work for <laughs> yeah, next year, yeah, if talk. y'all going to do another one next year, uh, as far as for touring. Listen, appreciate you, uh, Pastor Tommy Urban D. Can you tell the people how they can connect with you, follow you? Uh, feel free to yeah. shout out your website or anything. And listen, shout out one of your bangers, too, as well. Introduce one of your songs, too, as well, to let people know. You know what I'm saying? You, you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, listen, um, you can connect with everything FlavorFest at FlavorFest.org, FlavorFest.org. If you want to connect with me, uh, I'm on social media, UrbanD813, UrbanD813. You want to connect with Crossover Church, uh, it's Crossover813 on social media, CrossoverChurch.org on the website. You want to check us out. And uh, man, pick a song, pick a song. So uh, I have been doing a lot of spoken word type stuff. Um, the last couple of years. So uh, got a spoken word piece out called Frames. Um, that's uh, with my latest book that came out. Um, but if you want to hear like a hip hop, like banger, that's kind of got an East Coast beat. Uh, it's from my album, Love Our City, that came out a couple years ago. And it's called Hand Up. And so that's got like that East Coast vibe. That That's my sweet spot. And so, yeah, let's go. Keep it locked. You're tuned into The Fix. You know The Fix is in. Holy Culture Radio is operated by the CoreLink Solution, a 501c ministry dedicated to empowering people to reach their potential. If you feel led to contribute to this mission, visit www.holyculture.net slash donations. Welcome back. DJ Focus, Dice Gamble, the Dicer. You're tuned back into The Fix, your source for faith infused hip-hop, R&B, and poetry right here on Sirius XM Channel 154. Holy Culture Radio, and it's about to get real, y'all. Yeah, our real talk conversation today, Dice. Let's talk about it. Why is fashion important? You know, especially when you talk about, you know, from a culture standpoint, um, you know, why is fashion important? Um, I can speak. I can talk a little bit about it. So, so I think, you know, pray for me. You know, I, I, I was, I was, I was raised and groomed by uh, my old man and my uncles. And I don't know. It was it was something going on in the seventies. I know. I, I know it's probably uh, not proper, but it was something going on in the seventies where just men dressed a certain way. Like uh, majority of my father's outfits and my uncle's outfits, when they put on clothes, they were in suits. They were in silk shirts. You know, the bell bottoms, the platform shoes. Like it was just a certain flair, certain fashion that they brought when they walked out. Like when they stepped out, my, my old man used to call it sugar shop. He said, yeah, "If you ain't getting sugar shop." I don't know what you're doing. You're wasting your time in there, you know? So I, I was groomed to always dress nice. Like he, that was something he taught me and my siblings. No, no. When you walk out this door, you represent me. You should look a certain way. And I don't know why that was so important to my father. Well, I take that back. I didn't understand why that was so important to my father when I was young. I understand why it's important to him now, of course, because I'm an adult now. And I understand that. Yes, Absolutely. Unfortunately, people do judge you on the way you dress, the way you talk. These are things that we can't get away. It sh- should it be that way? No, it shouldn't be that way. But the reality is, yes, when you go on an interview, you should probably have a suit, at least a suit jacket on it and, and, and some slacks. And if you don't even want to put a, a full uh, tie on, at least a polo button. up. My father's like, that. No, at bare minimum, a suit jacket, have your, bo- uh, your polo button up and have it buttoned all the way to the top make sure your clothes are aren't don't don't walk in there not looking presentable you're trying to sell yourself to them so if you come in there looking a mess even though you might talk it they're looking at you like nah you didn't even have to take the dc to iron your clothes so i learned i brought that up because i learned early i promise you my father i think my father had me ironing at six I was, yeah second grade I, by the second grade i was ironing my clothes it's like no let's be very clear don't come out of there in the morning with that shirt on for school wrinkled iron that shirt listen uh, we can't even play in our school clothes. Oh no! Listen, don't do that. So, so we gonna get real free. Let, let's be very clear. You couldn't go sit on the bed in your school. Clothes. No, 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 okay. no. You had night clothes. You had 
play clothes. Yes. Had school clothes. Yes. You had all these different sets of clothes for different reasons. Mm -hmm. The stuff these kids do nowadays, like it wasn't no run outside, come in, take a nap in them clothes. You couldn't go get in my grandma's bed. Oh, you, you, you could take a nap. You're going to be woke up too as well with that belt. You go, no, no, no. It's, that switch. It, all of a sudden, you thought you was daydreaming. Oh, my Lord. Oh, mama, why? Shout out to all the guys who helping groom, help to groom the uh, young men in their life and things like that. And you're absolutely right. Having a professional look when you're applying for anything or showing up somewhere new, it's important. And mm -hmm. people do take notice of that. Um, I'm not into fashion. I'm into, well, my bags. I'll take it back. I, I was about to, you know what? I, I was going to let her breathe for about three seconds, y'all. I want a few bags. Um, listen, so everybody knows the top 20 companies out here. Chanel, Fendi, Nike, Ralph Lauren, uh, you know, Christian Dior, Louis Vuitton, Adidas, you know, Valentino. You know, typically somebody has one of these in their home. I, we just talked about this the other day. Uh, the Nike shoes, uh, the average uh, brown or black home has over $3,000 worth of Nike products in the house. I, I tried to debate that and I thought about our home and I was like, I'm sure it's more than 3000 more of a Nike products in the house, but these are status symbols. You know, that's why people who don't even have a roof over their head will go pay two two fifty for a pair of Jordans because they they want people to know, hey, I'm on, I'm trying to I'm on this level. This is the level that I'm on. You know, and I think this works in a in a particular way if you're you know showing up somewhere new or doing a show or you know what I'm saying that you got a fresh pair of whatever it is. People take notice of that and they do treat you a little bit differently. And there is some psychology about that. Uh, dressing nice. They say that you're more trustable. Uh, and I don't know if any of you've heard that before, but people who are dressed nice and typically in a in fashion, some type of fashion uh, like wear, people respect them more. That's why on the Internet, people try to, you know, they get the rip the work runway outfit and they take photos in it and things like that. So people will follow them. Uh, a little bit more. They say if you change your uh, pages on social media and you start to wear fashion type of clothes and shoes, people follow you more. And they do. They really, really do. So there is a psychology to this. Um, I don't think it's very biblical. No. Nah. But, but we can't erase the fact that psychologically our society trusts when you have on these bigger brands. When you come in with the coach bag, the Gucci bag, the Louis bag, the, you know, whatever kind of bag. People just are like, oh, okay, you got a little something going on. No, I, I agree with you. And, and, I, and I agree that when you talk about clothes do make you feel better. I'll be honest with you. Like shopping is therapeutic to me. My wife knows. I like to shop. Like that's when I need a break, I'll call her. And it's funny because I, I, I'll talk to her because uh, cause I'll, cause I'll be gone. I'll be, I'll be at the mall and I'll be like, and I'll just text her. Hey, you need something? You, out, you, you want something? Because and, and I love it. Listen, I keep telling you husbands and I'm telling you wives, know your spouse. Know what makes them comfortable. Know what gets them at ease. And I appreciate for her giving me those little windows, those little pockets. Like I said, it's therapeutic for me. It really is for me to be able, I'm a sneakerhead. I like certain uh, clothes when you talk about, I like polo a lot and different brands. Like me just going out and just getting that outfit or just getting that shirt, that 30 minutes, 15 minutes, it means the world to me. It takes the the way of the world off of me. All the pressures of being a good husband, a good father, being a CEO. All the, I ain't thinking about none of that right there. It's just me relaxing, me picking out something I like. And to your point, you feel good when you put on something that you like. That's something else my father taught me to as well. Individuality. No, figure out what you like in fashion and, and work that. Don't get caught up in, okay, what, what Mike's wearing, what Billy D is wearing, what, you know, it's cool. Oh, come on now. Everybody, listen, I'm all right. Y'all know how old I am. I ain't, ain't going to run for my age. Y'all know Billy D was the smoothest. Before you had Denzel Washington, you had Billy D. Don't, don't, everybody in my ear know. Don't, ladies, don't, don't act funny. I love to see some of y'all, yeah, back in 82. 88. Stop playing. Don't don't you don't don't do that. Yeah, Billy D was smooth. And he and he was a smooth dresser. So, you know, I talk about Billy D. I talk about Steve Harvey a lot too as well in the 90s when he had his show on. He made it cool to wear a suit and 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 it look a certain way and you feel good about yourself. So no, I agree. But you, you said something. You said you don't know if it's biblical about fashion. Well, I don't know. Because if if I recall, you know, Old Testament times, all the old prophets and stuff and all the old priests of the church, they always had the finest linen and robe on. So I don't know. You can kind of play that as fashion, maybe. Play it as fashion, but I've got scripture that backs up that uh, they was doing the most. 
they were doing the most. You putting bells and stuff on your robe, walking around. And so here's the deal. I think there's nothing wrong with having a nice. I love it, but and I like fashion for the quality. So for me, I don't like to shop. My husband loves to shop. He's a shopper. I mean, I just I could care less. Shouts out to LJ. I'm glad he shopped. I don't care. That's why I'm really not into, you know, I don't like doing a lot of video or pictures because I don't like getting dressed up. And it's, I'm sure it's hard to believe, but it's true. Like I could do t-shirt jeans and some flip-flops every day and just leave me alone. But I like fashion when it comes to quality. Something that I shared with my husband when we first got married, like don't buy me nothing cheap. Please don't. Not because I don't want the cheap thing. I'm just very hard on things. So if it's a bag or a purse or a book bag, a leather backpack, it has to be durable because I'm carrying, you know, we're packing all the stuff in the bags and all the time. So it's like, whatever you get me, it needs to be quality, which means you're going to have to pay a little bit more. So please don't buy the cheap thing because I'm going to tear it up. I told them as soon as I buy it. And I think it's true. You know, it is true. But um, no. So for me, the fashion piece comes into play for quality. Mm-hmm. So that's why I lean more into having a name brand of because I know once you know the brand, like you said, a brand you like, you're gonna stick with it. Mm-hmm. I know this is my thing. Don't don't question it. Please just bring me back four of these because these work for me. So um, you know, I don't know. That's why things cost more. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, cost more. Listen, DJ Focus, Dice Gamble, you tap into the fix right here on Holy Culture Radio. Listen, we gotta go to a quick break. We coming back with more. Listen, we talking about fashion today. Keep it locked. You tuned into the fix. And the fix is in. Welcome back, DJ Focus, Dice Gamble. You tap back into The Fix, your source for faith-infused hip-hop, R&B, and poetry. And listen, we're talking about it today. We're talking about fashion. Uh, so, Dice, let's talk about it a little more. Um, so, you know, yeah, my wife, me and my wife talk about it all the time. Do you think it should be an age limit to certain outfits? Um, you know, we had this conversation with our daughter and a lot of our daughter's friends. You know, we've got this a lot of times. And even when we're out at different events, that you know, people are amazed that we tell them we, you know, we have a daughter, you know, twenty-seven-year-old daughter. And daughter, really, I would have never. I thought, you know, I thought you guys were, you know, twenty-five, twenty-seven yourself. I say, why? Well, you know, you, you got the, you know, you got the trendy this on, and my, my wife keep the latest bag. That's just what she like. And I say, well, is there an age limit on, you know, flyness? Like, I, I just feel like it's. All, let's be very clear. I'm not gonna be the one that's gonna be 70, 80 years old. And I shout out to my uncles. My uncles used to wear them uh, sandals with the socks, the dress socks and the shorts. You know what I'm talking about. If you come from that area, you know that ain't gonna be me. My wife already knows she bearing me in all white with some white threes on. She knows clearly if if I go before her, what what the bear. Listen, we we got it already written out. We got everything, all what we want for our funerals written out. And I'm gonna be buried in some retro threes. Let's be very clear. I'm not, no, no. So why do you think people think that there's an age limit on flyness? That's what I'm going to say. Because I, I think a lot of people do. They think it's an age limit. Oh, you know, once you, you know, in your 30s, I guess, you're supposed to start dressing corny. Mm. I don't know who made that up. But uh, that is a vibe, though. I have heard that before. Some people don't like it when their parents dress a little bit younger. I think you should dress. Um, but why is it younger, though? Why, why can't it be you're dressing like with the style and the what's going on now? So, like, I'm not going to de- I'm not going to dress like I dressed in the 80s with the bell bottoms on anymore because that's not in style right now, Dice. Like, I, I'm just trying to figure out why do I have to be young just because I'm up with fashion and what's 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 what people are wearing now? Know this. This is to me, I liken it to hip hop. Talking to my husband about this the other day, and they, they always try to put an age on hip hop, you know? Every other music genre doesn't have an age limit jazz, rock, pop, RB. There's no age limit. You can be 80, you can be Charlie Wilson, you know, you can be whoever uh, the youngest rapper is. Yeah, I mean, our singer is, you know, but hip hop, people try to put an age on how old you should be hip hop. You know, and that's kind of how I feel about age. But I think it's changing now. Snoop Dogg has done a great job at kicking that door down saying, you know what? (laughs) I'm about to wear what I want to wear. And I'm about to be as old as I want to be doing exactly what I want to do. And I think it's I think it's changing a little bit now. For me, I don't have a problem with people dressing younger. I just think you should know when you don't fit in that outfit. (laughs) That's all I'm trying to say politely. No, don't 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 run past that. No, say say what it is. No, no, no. Inflation is get cut off. Yeah, no, no, no. Let's be very clear. It becomes a health issue for me, so I'm 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 into health. Like, okay, that's fine, but if it's gonna cause you to have to go see a doctor in two weeks, I need you to not put that up. Okay. 
Well, well, I'm praying that they don't have to go to the doctor. I'm going to just speak from some of these men. Let's be very clear. And I'm a big dude, so let's be very clear. I understand that I'm a big guy. So certain stores I can't go in. And it's okay. I promise you, until I lose the weight and I get a little slender, I can't go in that store. Because to your point, it don't fit me. This European look ain't for everybody. I know everybody thinks that European suits and everybody can pull it. No, 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 no. No, you, you 50 pounds less, you could probably pull that off. To your point. No, no, no. 50 pounds less. It's okay to lose the weight, then get into it. It's okay to go into the big and tall store and get the suit tailored because they have tailors in the big and tall suit, uh, uh, stores. I don't know why y'all think there's not tailors there that can tailor it for you, but at least you get something that fits you instead of you squeezing in the stick. Listen, I... I used to work at Nine West at Discover Mills Mall in Atlanta, Georgia. And there was a little girl who worked for me and she was like a double zero. And, and I didn't even know this. And one day she came in and she had on some leather boots that came up to her knee. Now, I know for a fact these boots should not have fit her at all. And I, it bothered me all day because I'm like, this girl is so skinny. How do you find boots? You know, because they it fit her leg leg, like fitted. So it. You know, everybody knows if you have skinny legs at the bottom, it's hard to get your uh, leg to hold that boot. And I said, where'd you get them boots from? She said, I had to, uh, I bought them, but I had to get them done at the tailor. And I had never thought to take a pair of boots to the shop and have them cut the leather and then put it to where it actually fit your leg. I said, oh man, there's so much out here. I didn't even know. Mm. So, you know, there are some fashion styles you could wear, but you, to your point, focus, Go, just go get it adjusted, you know, find what works for you, what looks good on you. And there's something for every single body type that looks really fantastic. But so you don't have to like force yourself to try to dress like somebody else. Like mm-hmm. you said, I find what works for you. Find what works for you. And it's okay. I think the age thing is okay. I'm sure when I'm 80, I'll still be wearing some youthful, <laughs> some youthful things. <laughs> and I'm all right with that. I think the biggest thing from a biblical standpoint, of course, is always the modesty conversation when you talk about dress. What, you know, it doesn't matter what designer you got on your back, but let, let's be very clear. The Bible is clear on modesty and not causing your brother or sister to stumble. Because when you put on certain outfits, let's be very clear, some of these dress ladies that you wear, let, let, yeah, absolutely. If it hug, if it, if it lit too tight, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got your tatas out early into mountain, yes, you're gonna cause your brother stuff. And, and then that once again, I'm going back to these men. So yeah, it doesn't have to be a big man. Some of these European suits, yeah. Let's let's be very clear, man. You have to be careful because when you sit down, you know, men men have the habit of sitting down. No, no, I can get free because yeah, I'm gonna speak because I do it too. Men, we have the habit of sitting down and we don't keep our legs uh, closed. We, we keep our legs open. That's we comfortable like that. That's how we do it. And you have to understand, yeah, you know, women got a guy, got gate, got what they, what do you call them? Uh, got gate, uh, I forget what they call it. They call it something. Yeah, got, it wasn't, it was, what's that, what's the term called? I forget. But yeah, women looking. Don't think that women looking. We just get caught because we, yeah, we stare hard. Women look, look away, look back, look away, and look, look back again, and they already got it. So yeah, just know that it's real quick it's, it's subtle it's you don't even in, in the middle of conversation they didn't bust a move real quick their eyes and got you all going don't even, yeah checking out johnny charlie and, and big willie over there big willie yes yes be careful about all that but i'm just saying the bible talks about modesty and being uh when you're in certain areas making sure that you you put something on we do need to i know people don't I always say this dyson I, i'm i'm getting to you i know i know you can say it you do need to hold yourself accountable for what you wear around your brothers and sisters. I know a lot of people, oh, that that, that, that ain't, you know, they shouldn't be this, that, that, they shouldn't be looking. That, what? Listen to what you're saying. You showed up with the outfit on, you think people ain't looking? See, that, that's, that's not realistic. So as a believer, just hold yourself accountable when you talk about modesty, especially my queens. Let's be very clear. I speak to the queens. Men too. I know men do it, but I, I just want, I want women to have a little bit more respect. I see too many ladies walking around half naked and just comfortable with it. Like, just for nothing. They go to the grocery store, Dice. Dice, I had to turn my head in the grocery store. I'm just trying to pick these vets. I'm trying to lose weight, Dice. I'm trying to get my cucumbers. I'm trying to get my fruits. And I'm just trying to get my stuff on my smoothie. Why I got to look at a strip show? Lord, help me. Right next to me, I ain't got nothing on. What is the going? Lord. I had to call my wife. Yes, I'm here. I don't know what this is going on next to me, but I just, I needed to call you real quick because, Lord, 
the, the stuff that's going through my head. I'm human. I'm a man. Yeah, I'm a solid man. I promise you. <laughs> so I want the ladies to respect themselves a little bit more. We, we, we talked this over with our daughter. No, no. Don't just walk out the door looking a certain way. No, no. Put some clothes on. But it's, it's for the guys, too. Trust me. I've stopped my husband a thousand days. Like, Oh, really? Not LJ. Not 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 LJ. No, 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 not LJ. Hey, where are you going? Click mid. Back to the European suit. The European suit. Where are you going? Going to work. No. Going to work. Okay. It's not happening. It's an everyday thing. Okay. Well, Chase. Hey. Because he looks really good in his clothes. Right. He's got like a model body. Right. Perfect. Right. And then and when everything fits. It's very nice. Great joggers. Yeah. He can't wear the great joggers out. He can't. He can't, he can't go with the great joggers. Yeah. Not without me. Not without me. What you, what you thought you was going, brother? I can't help it. I can't. I, I hear you. I hear you. But yeah. the pants—they go back in the closet. Like, yeah. No, those are vacation pants. Let me let me tell you a true story. My wife. My wife. I love my wife because. I was going, and I'm, I'm I'm in this transition phase where I'm losing weight, so I'm going, I'm trying stuff on. And to your point, she said the same thing. I came out with these pair of jeans on. I liked these jeans. She said, "Them ain't it." I said, "What you mean? I look fly in these." Listen, I, listen, I, I got a pair of shoes and everything. I'm already piecing up with them. She said, "No, no, that, that ain't it. You can't wear those." Yeah, so I know you. You don't keep your legs closed. I said, "What that mean?" Lord help me. Listen, we talking fashion today. DJ Focus, Dice Gamble. We got to go to a music break. We coming back with closing thoughts. Keep it locked. You're tuned into The Fix. And The Fix is in. Welcome back. Welcome back. DJ Focus, Dice Gamble. You tap back into The Fix, your source for faith-infused hip-hop, R&B, and poetry. And listen, we had another fun show today. We appreciate y'all waking up, waking up with us early into Mountain. And uh, I pray y'all enjoyed that great spiritual detox we had with uh, Pastor Tommy, a.k.a. Urban D., Listen, he has taken, uh, he's taking the Flavor Fest mm-hmm. on tour this, this year. Oh, um, usually it's only uh, in his home city. Um, but now, uh, five stops. Uh, if you already missed the April uh, stop, they stopped in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, May, they stopped in Los Angeles. Atlanta is coming up this week. No, next week. Forgive me, June 10th. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in the Atlanta area, Flavor Fest will be coming to Atlanta June 10th. And uh, the last stop will be July 15th in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flavor Fest is uh, where ministry meets artistry. The combination of urban ministry and hip hop uh, uh, pretty much infused together. Uh, there's workshops, there's general music sessions, a festival, mm-hmm. uh, vendors, uh, and just a good time to network and learn more about how to do ministry how to uh you know do and navigate in the the music biz mm-hmm. whether you're an artist uh or a uh producer or you know some type of uh, uh you know some type of role in the music business it's just a great uh event to go to and it's been going down for a long long time so i, I appreciate pastor tommy saying you know what we've been doing it in our city for so long let's go ahead and start taking this thing on the road and I'm hoping uh, we make the stop for 2024, Dice. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. I would love it. I would love being a part of that. And shout out to Urban D for pushing and um, just doing something different. You know, some artists, I think it, they're artists and they think that, hey, once that once I wrap that career up, that's it. But listen, there's so much more that you can do in life and for the kingdom. And you have great influence and great popularity and people know who you are. So it's like, I, I just love how uh, artists and producers, they continue into the next thing that God has for them and you know and use everybody that they met uh for the next thing like okay all right let's do something else like take it on the road fine we've been doing it in one location but let's get this show on the road and so a lot of people are going to be blessed and uh yeah if you if they come to a city near, city near you please go support 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 that's something we've been begging people to do when artists come to your city or programs or concerts come to your city especially uh, these Christian concerts and these clean concerts go support them we need support. We need you to come out, bring and bring people with you too. Four or five, nine people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's sure, good. sure. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I enjoyed that real talk today. We talked about fashion a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I know for me, I, I know you got to close some st- thoughts on it. I, I just want to say, listen, I love fashion. Let's be mm-hmm. very clear. Mm-hmm. But I do want to warn any believer, and I'm talking to Christians right now. I really want to warn any believer who, um, you know, might be wearing a brand 
that does not shine the light of Christ or speaks against what you believe as a believer. I don't want any, uh, people to be too like caught up in the culture or too trendy to where, no, if you're wearing something that uh, the brand is clearly pushing something that speaks against your Lord and Savior mm. or some type of demonic type of uh, agenda behind it. Mm -hmm. I think you should, you know, reconsider wearing that brand because you mm -hmm. are a believer and you don't want to have that representation of something that, you know, goes against what you believe spiritually. And I think um, that's very, very important for us to not, um, you know, not avoid the hard conversations when it comes to, OK, I might like this, but does it go against what, you know, I believe from a spiritual standpoint, faith standpoint and everything else to go to it? I saw something where Target was pushing some type of they were pushing some type of brand that that literally was saying that they was worshiping the devil and i was like wow so we've gotten you know that they've gotten that bold dice now to where they ain't even hiding it <laughs> i was like i couldn't believe it and yeah target was selling these clothes it's a brand that it literally they say yes we you know in a sense we worship and it's, it's a satanic brand and I'm like, wow, I was very surprised that Target was on board with that. Well, uh, the story goes that they, they, okay, so the company had said that they don't worship the devil, but what the problem was they had used goat-headed uh, mannequins and pentagrams were on the shirts of these children and things like that. And so the images that were generated for these products were reflective of images that people have used before in devil worship. And so this is why it's important to be into your business, you know, and this just happened with uh, like, um, it was the group that had like Louis Vuitton and all them in it, you know, yes. when they did the ad. Yes. And so basically what the company said was we hired people to Balenciaga. create, it was, it was Balenciaga. Yeah, Balenciaga. yeah, we hired people to create the brand, but basically they never went and double back and checked to see what it looked like. They're just trusting that people are going to create something great. But the problem is, and this is you and I both know, especially having businesses, you got to be involved. No, I need to see the flyer. I need to see the product. Uh, it needs to at least run by my, my people's desk to, for, for the checkoff, you know, and, and here's the deal. This got through a couple of hands. So it wasn't just the company with the, and, and these goats were red. It, it was, it was pretty blatant that this was some devil pentagram, evil, satanic stuff, you know? So it's like, you can trust people with your business or your company, but I'll be real with you. Always have somebody who's close to you verifying and checking off before it goes to print or before it goes to a major company. And Target should have checked that too. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't have been, as soon as it came in the back door, they should have been like, hmm. Because Target is pretty clean for all of those. We call it Target in the hood. You know, right. it's like, it's like, yeah, it's Target. We, you know, we make it fancy because it's like an upgraded uh, type of Walmart thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, they should have confirmed that these products before they did the displays and things like that uh, wouldn't be offensive to their customer. And obviously it was. And people went up in there and shut that all the way down. Mm -hmm. It was like, no, no, no. Target, we love you. But guess what? Our kids are not going to be subject to this foolery right here. You know, like we and, and here's the deal. They also removed drag queens, uh, pride T-shirts for kids. Like they, they went in there and did a full clean out because they're like, you guys got to manage what you're trying to push out here to these kids you know it's called unwanted exposure if you've ever worked in a detention center or if you ever worked in a youth facility it's called unwanted exposure meaning you need to wait till a child wants to be exposed to these things versus you shoving them down their throat mm. so anyway we're yeah. praying for them that's all fashion. we want to do guys we're gonna pray for them double check your fashion y'all y'all trying to create these companies and stuff make sure you check with the graphic artists for they send this stuff to print <laughs> Please do. Please do. Do your homework. Listen, that's our time for the day. We got to get out of here. Listen, go love on the people today. Mm -hmm. um, continue to show love. We got to show more love. I, I love yeah. 1K Fusion. Show love. Show mm -hmm. love. Show love. Show the love of Christ, y'all. Stop playing, okay? Facts. We need to represent God a little bit better. Listen, mm -hmm. the goal is to try to live a little bit more holy. I know we ain't perfect. We fall short, but just be a little bit more holy than you was yesterday today yeah. <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> you know what erica say i need just a little bit more jesus we need just a little bit more holy <laughs> you need it you need it 
Yeah, but do the best you can. Let's continue to grow. Let's continue to take our prayer life to a different level. Let's continue to read the word of God. Get mm. your Bible out. Read, study, learn your Bible for yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Bless your bishop. Bless, bless your pastor, the elder, mm-hmm. the deacon at the church. But mm-hmm. go up to your elder. Go up to your pastor. Go up to your bishop and give him some scripture. Come on so, you know what? I was reading in Revelations yesterday. I was reading in Proverbs yesterday. I was reading in Lamentations yesterday. Yeah, yeah, go up there and surprise well, them with a scripture and tell them what you learned and how you can apply it to your life. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, let's let's grow. Let's continue to, uh, like I say, pick this cross up each and every day and be sold out for Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Listen, tap in tomorrow. Uh, we got an exclusive dice. Uh, mm-hmm. They ain't ready for this exclusive no, tomorrow. I think ready. y'all ready, but y'all ain't really ready. We, ready. Listen, we, we, we're going to Get on the line. Let's be very clear. A super talented uh, professional football player. That's all I'm going to say. So tap in tomorrow. That's all I'm going to say. Professional football player. And you know the real talk conversation going to be off the hook because we got a professional football player on. So you know Dice got some. She's slicing y'all up with. Get ready. (laughs) She's about to slice y'all up and smack you inside the head with the Bible. (laughs) Until tomorrow, remember to stay focused on turning your negative into a positive. Jesus Christ is always the answer. Kingdom advancement should always be the goal. The fix is in. We out. Peace, y'all.